0: You're listening to the Creating a Brand Podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics that help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Have you ever dreamed of writing a book? In today's episode, we learned from Chandler Bolt that publishing your own book doesn't have to be a dream. In fact, it can become a realistic goal that you can achieve in less than 90 days. Chandler is the author of six best best-selling books, including the book Published, which we'll be diving into today. He is also the founder and CEO of Self Publishing School, which in 2008 made the Inc 5000 as one of the fastest growing private companies in the United States. Chandler has helped more people than anyone else with writing their first book. With that said, here is my conversation with Chandler Bolt about how to write and publish a book in under 90 days. Chandler, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. Alex, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited that you're joining us here today, and I'm looking forward to talking through your book titled Published. It's the best guide I've ever read on publishing a book. Fantastic job with this, man.
1: Thanks so much. I I
0: appreciate that.
1: That's great to hear.
0: It's funny, as I was finishing up this book, I can remember reading the last page, then closing it up and looking over to my wife, and I just announced to her, that's it, I'm writing a book in 2020. And she gave me this look, Chandler. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) But she's actually just doing her job. She's holding me accountable. I told her no books until 2021. So that look was justified, if you will. But the point is, when I read this book, I felt more equipped than I ever have to actually fulfill my dream of writing and publishing a book. And I know this is because writing a book is a bit of a mysterious task for people Even if people know how to write, they're not sure how to publish, or if they've written before, they're not sure how to actually put all their thoughts into one book, or do they need to do more than one book? There's so many questions that go along with it, but your book published really takes what was a mystery and turns it into a practical system for not only writing your book, but also getting it published.
1: For sure, and I think, I mean, getting it like... I think there's a lesson within a lesson here, right? Is if if you're writing a self-help book, like there's two measures of success in my opinion at the end is, do they believe that they can do the thing and are they equipped to do the thing? (laughs) Because if you miss either one of those, they're not going to follow through and they're not going to implement. And so like a lot of people will either focus on one or the other, but I think you got to have that one, two punch.
0: You're 100% right with that. That one-two punch is what is really needed, and I believe that published accomplished that. I mean, it doesn't only have the information, but it also enables and equips people to be able to actually fulfill that dream and get that book written. So this is actually a perfect time for us to transition into our masterclass topic for the day. We've got a lot of ground to cover for we're really going to help the Creating a Brand listeners understand how to write and publish a book in less than 90 days. So with that said, we'll jump straight into section one, which is laying the foundation, and you begin with a chapter called Looking for Your Why. Chandler, can you explain why knowing your why is important when writing a book?
1: <laughs> yes. Why, why? Um, so, uh, you know, Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. Um, and, uh, you know, Simon Sinek says, start with why. So really what we want to take a look at is there, there's, there's a, and a lot of times I'll say, why did you write this book? And people instantly think to the, cust- like the customer or the reader, which that's important, but you also got to get clear on that for you. So there's why from a reader's perspective, and then there's why from an author's perspective, and that's the really the part that I want people to focus on is why are you doing this book, and how is this going to fit in with what you're doing? And you know, for most people, um, we see it's it's one of the three reasons: it's impact, income. Or or grow your business, like, and it might be multiple or a combination. But maybe it's maybe this is an impact play. Maybe this is a glorified business card. Maybe this is to get more lead, sales, referrals for your business. Or, like I said, you know, a a combination of multiple or just one. Um, But getting super clear on why you're doing this, and then actually writing that out and putting it in front of you is going to be is very important because it's a it's a hard. And for some people, a long journey. Um, so you're going to have to keep coming back to this throughout the process.
0: So it's your end goal and your purpose that you're actually writing out and keeping in front of you throughout the exactly. entire process, right?
1: Exactly. So it's it's not only is it a why from like a motivational perspective, but a why from a clarity perspective. So if I'm writing a book to grow my business, then naturally when I get to the marketing point, it's it's tempting to really focus on total units sold or things like that. But really what I should be thinking about is actual clients that get signed up because they found my book. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's what are you optimizing for? And so it just keeps you from going down rabbit trails and, and and chasing things that don't matter so much because they're not in line with the reason that you're doing this in the first place. Because there's a lot of vanity metrics and it's easy to just get completely distracted, especially when once you get to the marketing piece.
0: What you just said actually reminds me of something that I frequently find myself saying to the Creating a Brand audience and one of my guests on other podcasts as well. And it's this, do for one what you wish you could do for all. I remind myself of this Mm. every time I'm producing any form of content, whether it's a blog post, I'm on a stage, I'm on a podcast, whatever it might be. And actually, right before I jumped on this call with you, Chandler, Mm -hmm. um, I... Remind myself once again that this podcast episode is to help one person who hears it and is finally feeling equipped to write and publish the book they've always dreamed of writing and publishing. And if that happens, then this was a win. Now I'm not saying that you write a book for one person. Uh, but if you have the mindset that I'm going to do for one what I wish I can do for all, it takes a lot of pressure off of you. And I believe this type of mindset and focus is always rewarded and it multiplies.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's actually a writing a writing hack <laughs> um, that we t- we talk to a lot of people about is um, you know uh, like a lot of people struggle with writer's block and they don't know hey should I be funny should I be serious should I include this should I not and so it's exactly what you just said Alex it's we recommend that you, that you actually think of one person that's your target reader. Uh, and write the book specifically to them. So you know, say Alex, you were like the target reader for published. Well, then if, if if I'm you know like I'm about to rewrite that book, right? So if I'm doing that, then I'm gonna you know what I, what we recommend for people is we say start the chapter almost as if it's a letter. So dear Alex, <laughs> uh, and and so then anytime I'm struggling with voice and say oh should I say it this way or should I not? Should I be serious? Should I be funny? Should I use this story? Should I not? I just ask like, hey, would this resonate with Alex? And if the answer is no, then I don't do it. If the answer is yes, then I do it. So every question that you that you ask yourself, and there's thousands throughout the writing process, you know, of like how you should say something, what you should say, all that can be answered if you think of one person. And everyone's familiar with thinking of an avatar. So it's like, oh, but I, I find that that's that's not far enough. Like that's not good enough. It's like, I might have an idea of who I'm writing for, but if I actually pick one person that I know in my life uh, and I write specifically to, to them, I find that my, that my writing is so much better.
0: This is such a valuable hack that you're sharing with us right now because it plays directly into the why or the purpose for writing the book in the first place. Exactly, you can kind of build this right into it, have that ideal reader in mind And it takes a lot of pressure off of us because I find that many people that are writing books assume that they're writing for the masses or that they need to sell a million copies or something like that. But if you're thinking, you know what, my buddy Chandler could really benefit from a book like this. I'm going to write it for him. Mm. That's really freeing for you as an author as well. It takes a lot of pressure off of you. This is something I've used with my blogging background as well. We use this same hack. We made sure that we were always writing each blog post for a specific person who we knew needed it the most. This is a really good hack. I appreciate you sharing that. I know it's very valuable for the audience as well. So I want to transition now into probably what a lot of people get stuck on here. The author's mindset is a chapter you have in the book and you talk about limiting beliefs. I want to go through a couple of these most common limiting beliefs you've found. Can you share some of those with us today so we can begin to overcome them?
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest ones... Are, uh, that I see are I don't have time to write a book. Uh, uh, who am I? I'm not a writer. Who's going to read this? A lot of things that either uh, struggle or people struggle around the timing, like, uh, you know, I don't, this is maybe someday, all that stuff. But then, probably more importantly, it's the, uh, um, it's imposter syndrome, right? It's who am I to write a book? What if people hate this? There's fear of failure, there's fear of success, there's all those things. And so, I think that's the big thing that people have to come to terms with. And the way, the way I always talk about it is, you know, I've, I'm in, I was in scouts growing up. Uh, I'm an Eagle scout. And I'm, I remember my scout master always said, he said, you know, if we're out in the woods and you get chased by a bear, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. <laughs> right. And so, right. I think a lot of times people, when, they, when people think about writing a book, they think, Oh, I've got to know everything. But you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching, right? And and that person might not connect with Tony Robbins or Rachel Hollis or hmm. uh, you know Michelle Obama or you know whoever this person is. That 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 person might be out of reach to them. But they might say, "Hey, I really res- resonate with Chandler, or I really resonate with Alex," uh, and and they might read that book because of you. And it's more approachable. It's and all you have to do is know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching um, to write a really great book. And so that's the big uh, problem that I see people struggle with both before, during and after Uh, they write their book. and, And that's what I recommend.
0: Man, that's really the limiting belief that holds so many of us back right there. It's sad because I've known so many people that have been crippled by this very thing. And I know that they have a message that would really add value to someone's life, but they just can't get over it. Uh, One final limiting belief that I'd actually like to mention that I've heard throughout my life personally is that I'm not a good writer or I'm not a good enough writer. And it's because growing up in school, the best grade I ever received in English was a C, which Chandler, I believe that you actually have a similar story, right?
1: Yes. Yes. C's on a good day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's another limiting belief that we have to get over. We are good enough. We are equipped to be able to write a great book. Now, from here, I'd like to jump into an overview of your book writing process that you teach. So Chandler, can you share with us your technique for writing a book?
1: I say cater to your strengths, right? And we always talk about the three steps to writing a great book uh, uh, is, you know, number one, mind map, brain dump, everything that you can think of on that topic. Number two, turn that mind map into an outline. So start to group ideas into sections and in those sections, kind of chapters. So you got, you know, maybe five sections in the order that you want to cover them three chapters per section. Now, all of a sudden you got a 15 chapter outline and then step three is to write or speak the book one chapter at a time. So, you know, the way that we do that is is, is the same exact thing I just said, except on a per chapter basis, right? So you start with chapter one, you take 10 minutes mind mapping, everything you can think of on that topic or, or on that chapter, 10 minutes, turning that mind map into an outline for that chapter and then 45 minutes to an hour and a half actually writing the chapter based on the outline and then you repeat that process chapter by chapter by chapter but now on the flip side you know if you speak better than you write which uh, you know a lot of podcasters for sure uh, and then uh, like a lot of people that listen to podcasts probably because if, if this is the way that you consume content it might also be the way that you create it and so uh, it, then if that's the case, then you just do the same exact thing. But instead of writing the chapter for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, you speak the chapter for 10 minutes and then get that transcribed, right? Um, so I, I'm a firm believer in playing to your strengths and, and then, then in hiring really good editors, uh, cause you play to your strengths, you work with a mind map and an outline so that there's some structure to it. Uh, and then from that, you, you know, you, you write or speak the book and then work with a really great editor because good editors can go a long way (laughs) and they take my writing and make it a whole lot better.
0: I want to circle back to editing in a little bit here, but first I want to talk about two rules that you have. You actually refer to these as the only two rules for writing a book. They are number one, you can't edit while you write. Uh And number two, you can't work on more than one book at a time. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, and the first one's cuz we all know someone who has five perfectly written chapters in their unfinished book. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that stings. Uh and and then the second is, you know, the Chinese proverb, you try to catch two rabbits you end up catching me neither. Right? And so uh, uh, people always think they're the exception. And then they never are. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I can totally do this. I, I got two great ideas. I'm just going to write both of them. You got to pick one because uh, uh, you know, focus, follow one course until success. Uh, if you try to catch two rabbits, you're going to end up catching neither. And you're going to end up not finishing your rough draft because the number one most important thing, and there's a reason those rules exist, is because the most important thing for anyone that we're working with is get your rough draft done as fast as possible. And in doing so, the light bulb's gonna turn on and you're gonna start to believe that this is possible. And it's gonna go from this thing I'm thinking about doing to this thing I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening, right? And so it's so important that you laser focus on getting your rough draft done and then it starts to become real.
0: As a thank you for listening to the Creating a Brand Podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our private community for free. If you text the word community to one 299 i will respond with a free invitation link. Once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word community to one 299 i am looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now let's get back to today's episode. As I started our conversation today, I mentioned that you have turned the mystery of writing a book into a system, your approach of mind mapping, then outlining all the chapters, then repeating that same action at the individual chapter level makes the goal of writing a book far less daunting. So now after you've done all the mind mapping and you've got your outlines ready, it's time to actually sit and write the individual chapters. And I have a question for you on this. Is there a particular frequency or duration that you recommend? Meaning do you recommend writing daily for an hour or just five hours on a weekend?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's kind of two extremes usually that we see is, you know, person number one wants to buckle down and say, Hey, in a weekend, I'm going to try to get a draft done. And then person number two says, Hey, I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier and write every single day for 90 days. So it's either the 20 mile March approach of I'm going to consistently, you know, get a thousand words a day on the page or that sort of thing. Or let me just buckle down for me. Uh, with one of my first books, me and my brother wrote it in one week. uh, And we used exactly, you know, that three steps of mind map, the whole thing, turn that mind map into an outline for the book as a whole, and then do the same exact thing per chapter. So mind map, outline, right, mind map, outline, right. Uh, And just keep, you know, we set timers and we just kept going uh, and, uh, you know, work through that process. But it kind of depends on your preference and, and cater to your strengths, whatever your style is, whatever works best for you. Um, I, you know, if you're busy, sometimes just buckling down and, and getting a draft done can be helpful. If you're, if you're the type of person that wants to marinate and make consistent progress, then do that.
0: The saying slow and steady wins the race has always been helpful for my journey with everything <laughs> that I do. Yeah. I do understand that staying consistent can be exceedingly difficult in today's world. Thankfully, Chandler, you talk about a twofold, very helpful hack for staying the course, accountability mm-hmm. and going public with your goals. Can you talk to us about the importance of accountability?
1: Yeah. So, we, so accountability partner is very, very important. And you, it can take the form of a friend who's also writing a book or just a friend who will hold you accountable no matter what. So be be careful who you pick because it needs to be someone who's truly not going to let you off the hook. Um, but then it can also take the form of like, this is a big part of uh, the reason people end up hiring us and working with us in self-publishing school is because we hold them accountable and get their butt in gear. And that's what their coach is for and all that stuff. Um, but you need accountability. And then I, some of my favorite accountability is public accountability. <laughs> and so one of the first things that we have um, when people uh, start working with us is, we, we there's this little printout that we send them that it says my rough draft will be finished by and then there's a blank space for the date and we recommend filling that out, taking a picture with that sign and posting it. Uh, okay, uh, and great. so there's there's nothing like public accountability, <laughs> and and when you get public with your goals, it's it's uh, you know I do this every single month on my on my Facebook profile as I post my results from the month before and I've been doing that for years and it's something people talk to me a lot about is like hey I love that you do that like it's very transparent and I know every month like if I don't hit this either way I'm going public with it <laughs> uh and and I'm going to post what happened and I'll I'll post lessons learned stuff like that but public accountability is it's a really powerful thing and and you can it's it's one of the things I've used so many times To achieve the biggest goals that I've set in my life, is just I I put my flag down and I said, I'm doing this. And I told as many people as possible uh, so that if I didn't do it, I would feel like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And then when the going gets tough, uh, you find a way to make it happen. Probably the biggest example for me of this was I got in Business Insider. Um, and, and they did an article on me and I said, Hey, yeah, we're on track to do a million bucks this year in revenue. And we definitely were not, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and we hit 1.1 million that year. Ooh, and congratulations. Then this article came out in like, I, I want to say like August. So it was, it was, the, you know, it was like kind of crunch time, but things just started popping off, um, in the back half of the year, maybe it's April. Um, but things started popping off in the back half of the year and, and, and that was as public as it gets. Right. Um, so I just, I just am a firm, firm believer in, in public accountability to, to hold you accountable on your goals.
0: Love that, man. Quick story for you here. I, I had a, a gym partner I was working out with for a while, but he's a really close friend until we found out neither of us were having any gains in the gym. And we realized it's because we wouldn't hold each other accountable. I'm like, I'm tired. He's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired, too. He's like, let's go. Let's go get some food. And so we we parted ways from that perspective. But uh, yeah, having that right accountability partner and that public accountability, it just puts a fire behind you. and keeps you yeah. on track to going. It's great for all aspects of life. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm very passionate about that. So I love that. Yeah, so jumping back to editing, something you mentioned earlier, I think a lot of people now we're talking about self publishing a book, why can't they self edit, I think is a question that many of the mm-hmm. audience members are gonna to ask today. Can you talk to this for a moment?
1: Yeah, so you definitely can self edit in the sense of, we recommend a verbal read through uh, after you write the draft, because your, your verbal read through. So actually reading it out loud will make the book better. After that, you need to hire a professional. Uh, and that they're going to bring so much value and make you, your writing so much better, make your book so much better. And really, it depends on, depending on the phase of life that you're in, either you value money more or time more. It's either you'll spend you'll spend money to save time or you'll spend time to save money. Uh, and that's, that's going to alter the approach that you take. Um, but I highly recommend hiring a professional uh, and working with them to make the book as best as it can be.
0: You can always make more money, but you can never make more time. So yeah, that's, that's you know, right. A little bit of perspective there. That's uh, right. In in the book, you talk about um, using certain, just going to some of these platforms where you can just hire freelancers. Is that still what you would consider be the best way to actually hire an editor?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, outside of um, like people that work with us, we have like a Rolodex of people that we vetted and um, that we negotiate exclusive discounts for. That's like part of the value prop of like we save people hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in the process by just using a bunch of folks that we recommend, but there's a lot of great platforms out there. Um, I recommend Reedsy. It's a really great platform. Uh, there's also, you know, uh, platforms like Upwork or, uh, you know, other freelance um, mm-hmm. platforms like that, that, that work really well. Um, but yeah, Readsie is a really good one.
0: Those are great editing resources. So I'll be sure to link to those in the show notes. Thank you. I feel a need to reinforce this point a little bit, and I want to talk about a quote that you had on page 83, where you said, when you pass your book off to someone with a fresh set of eyes, you are giving your book the chance to reach a level that you cannot achieve on your own. Basically, what this means is having an editor will cause them to review your book from a reader's perspective, not your writer's perspective that you have. And this is key to publishing a high quality book. I want to remind the audience that this is not an area that you want to skip in. Because the difference between publishing a decent book and a great book. Like I said, I felt the need to reinforce that one a little bit, Chandler. Uh, So moving right along here. I Now want to talk to you about the book title and the book cover. Both are extremely important to the success of your book after it launches. So can you talk to us about some best practices for both the title and the cover?
1: Yeah, so the title, it needs to instantly tell people what the book's about and whether or not it's for them. And my biggest recommendation would be to list out, you know, 20, 30, 50 title, subtitle options. Uh, and also record yourself explaining the book to someone else. So if I say, hey, Alex, you know, I'm, I've got this book, it's about how to write and publish a book um, and how to go from idea to finish book, right? It, well, The way that I'm explaining that, the title and subtitle is in there. And what happens is people go to title land <laughs> Uh, and they, they they just like, hmm, <laughs> they um, and <laughs> right. try to get clever and they they just come up with really dumb titles that don't tell people what the book's about, but they try to be clever or they try to be cute or they try to be funny. Uh, and so record yourself explaining the book to a friend and there's your title, there's your subtitle. Uh, it's very important. So just using that example for me, it's like the the title of my book is published, the proven, the proven path from blank page to published author. Mm-hmm. It's like very clear. Oh, I want to yeah. publish a book. I, this is going to help me go from blank page to published author. Blank page evokes some emotion. It's, oh, like I feel that, the blank page, right? The dreaded cursor blinking at me, taunting me in, <laughs> in the Microsoft Word doc. And then right. published author, like I feel that too. That's, it's aspirational. It's a benefit-driven title, things like that. And then a cover is super important. The cover is a billboard for your book. Uh, and people are either going to pick it up and potentially buy it, or they're going to scroll past it or walk past it, depending on whether they're they're on Amazon or in the, uh, an actual bookstore. Uh, but a, a good cover needs to do three things. Number one is it needs to grab attention. Number two, the title needs to be easy to read and it needs to be in the upper third. So the top third of the cover. And then number three, you know, this is kind of what I just mentioned, but the combo of the cover and the title uh, subtitle: The the prospect needs to instantly understand what the book's about and whether or not it's for them. There's a saying: Confused people don't buy. So if I don't know what your book's about or whether or not it's for me, I'm I'm not going to buy. But if I do know, uh, then there's a there's a good chance that I will.
0: So when people are looking at the cover of your book, first it needs to grab their attention. Then they should immediately know what the book is about and if it's for them. This actually sounds like the most exciting part of writing a book, if you ask me. Uh, But can you clarify something real quick? We talked about titles and covers last. When should you actually be working on creating a title and a cover? (laughs) Last. Right. Last.
1: (laughs) Yes. So uh, do, uh, you know, and again, and if you don't have a rough draft done, I don't want to talk about anything else. And this is what we have to remind our students all the time is they start asking about marketing, start asking about the title, the cover, all that's, have you finished your rough draft? No. Okay. Get back to work on that. Because right. When you're writing, you want to do anything, but write, <laughs> Cause writing is an uncomfortable process, uh, but it's, it's the most important thing that you could be doing. So you got to keep writing and you got to stay focused on writing. And so until you finish your rough draft, nothing else matters. Don't come up with a title, don't, you can have a list of title ideas, uh, but don't come up with a title. Don't come up with a cover because uh, none of that matters until you finish the draft.
0: Throughout the book, you repeatedly say done is better than perfect. And that really is the mindset that everyone must maintain if they want to launch a book in less than 90 days. We covered many high-level points from the first two sections of your book, and I believe it's going to serve the audience well today in their journey to publishing a book. With that said, you do have two more sections, pre-launch and launch, that we're not going to get into today. But for the listeners who are serious about publishing a book, I highly encourage you to grab a copy of Published. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Chandler, before we end our time together today, will you please share one final piece of wisdom regarding publishing a book?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, one of my favorite quotes is a quote from Zig Ziglar. He says, if you wait for all the lights to turn green before leaving home, you'll never get started on your journey to the top. And I think when it comes to writing and publishing a book, uh, people think that there's going to be this magical day where there's, they have no kids, they have no job, they have no business, they have no responsibilities, they're going to get a week in a writer's cabin. Uh, and, uh, you know, th- that's when they're going to finally write their book. Well, you know, and I've always said, I've got bad news, that's never going to happen. But right. then Corona happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and and so then actually, a lot of people who said, I don't have time did have time. Um, but depending on when you're listening this, Life has probably started going back to, or is already going back to normal. So it's it's just not going to happen. Like you've got to get started before you're ready, uh, and and you've got to make the time. You're never going to have the time. You got to make the time, uh, and and it's an important endeavor worth pursuing. But make the time, get started, and start with the mind map, and just take 15 minutes. Like literally, as soon as you finish listening to this interview, take 15 minutes right now and and just mind map everything you can think of on this potential book topic. I think you'll be uh, surprised and impressed by how far you get. And, and that'll be the start of your journey.
0: That's so good, man. Way to end with a really powerful call to action. Chandler, thank you again for sharing with us. I really appreciate your time.
1: Alex, great to be here. Thanks again for having me.
0: This episode was inspiring, and I'm taking action immediately with it. I've actually already written down my big idea for my first book, and I will be writing and self-publishing it in 2021, so be looking out for that. Chandler has done a great job making something as daunting as writing a book seem like a realistic goal that each of us could achieve. Chandler challenged us to go public with our deadline for self-publishing a book, so if you plan on writing a book and want to go public with it, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 065. Then scroll to the bottom and leave a comment with the date. I'd love to be part of your journey along the way and also potentially be that first customer. Chandler, thank you again for being a guest and helping so many people fulfill their dreams of becoming an author. To learn more about Chandler Bolt, including a link to Self-Publishing School, a link to his book Published, and a resource I'm loving, a link to his amazing podcast, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 065. Thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week.